give me like 15 minutes to dissect. Amila, again, super appreciative that you actually go through this. <laughs> All right, um, I'll start it off real quick. Um, God, our Father who's in heaven, you are an amazingly awesome, tactful God. Um, this message came at like the ripe time, <laughs> ripe and right. Um, I do appreciate it. Uh, brought a lot of memories, um, a lot of a lot of um, reaffirmations of what it is that you're after in all of us. Um, when things seem really out of control and hectic, do you know how to just um, bring us back? God, I pray uh, that everybody on this call uh, will be able to um, deliver the message that they need to in their hearts. For those that are hearing us, um, that they are able to also enjoy maybe some of the insight and fellowship and relatability that they can have with us and maybe be drawn to you, God. Ultimately, that's the goal. I love you very much, God, for everything that you do. May we do you justice and honor your efforts. Um, love you very much. Amen. Yay. Yay. Amen. So this week's uh, fellowship uh, podcast will be about terrorism solution on trentling.com's website. Um, it's a great message that was preached 18 days after um, the World Trade Center um, horrific um, tragedy that happened. Uh, just to put it into perspective, almost 3,000 people were killed that day. After that, 6,000 totaled injured. Um, the youngest person um, to be victim of this terrorist uh, act was a two-year-old heading to Disney on Flight 175, and then the oldest was an 82-year-old man. And so all ages were impacted. A uh, whole nation was uh, gripped with grief and panic. Um, and it was probably the deadliest terrorist attack ever on U.S. soil And at that time. However, this message puts it into perspective, and that was what I saw. It put it into perspective because how many times do we end up having, you know, lots of situations that produce so much anxiety and we end up thinking, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world. And God gives us a solution. And that's what this message is about. So I'll give it over to me, Laura Lynette, if you guys wanted to share uh, your perspective. What did you gain? Uh, yeah, so I I like how he said it was an unbelievable event, um, but it's it was nothing like World War One and World War Two, which makes me think of Ukraine, right? So we get attacked once, but these people in like Ukraine are constantly living in fear, constantly living in <clears throat> um, you know hiding from car bombs or whatever, or guns shooting in the streets. It's like we as Americans are very sheltered um, and and don't know kind of what like true fear, like living in and worry. Um, you know, you, you think of like the Great Depression where people didn't have food and stuff like that. So it's just like, I don't know, I feel... <laughs> When uh, something that Jamie and I uh, comment a lot on is our problems are first world problems. So whenever we do come c 
complain or want to complain or have complaints or stuff, they are on world first world problems. And it's like, uh, there's just, we have no idea what kind of hardship and what worry, what, you know, where to find your next meal. Uh, you know, is the car walking past going to blow up? And like, you know, like we just, we don't have real problems. It's kind of what I thought of, um, while listening to it. Um, there's other things too, like, uh, I like the whole miraculous signs and, uh, to me, the miraculous signs is is a new creation. Like, you know, hearing Jamie's life before and the way he lived to the way he lives now is just like, wow, that can only be done by God. Like, there's just no way. Um, and then... Um, And in the end, you know, if you're part of the right kingdom, um, you kind of have no worry. Um, <clears throat> but um, which is kind of true. Like, you know, you just kind of rely more on God and you cast all your stuff on him and let him kind of comfort you and uh, guide you through life. And then. It kind of makes things easier and his burden is light and easy. So um, it's a good message. It like it had me thinking on a lot of things. Obviously, I'm like, I have this whole page filled up. Like, um, but um, yeah, that was it. Those are the stuff that came to me in listening to the message, which is a really good one. And it was a it's a good reminder to kind of uh put our hope in God and not in ourselves or in man or in anything else. So. Yeah. It's humbling. Oh, yeah. We, we can, we can go anytime. Right. And yeah. that nine 11, it was horrible, but um, you know, it also reminded me with Y2K, the global pandemic and um by all means, we're trying to minimize the impact of uh, 9-11 and the pandemic. Like, it's it's horrible um, to lose loved ones. Um, but I think um, once you hear the message, you know where it's going. It's more about um, our insecurity. You know, like even for the pandemic, I think uh, to have um, shortages of paper, uh, toilet paper, uh, paper towel that is uh, not related. And in the message, it's actually, you know, uh, say that uh, or reference the the worry of uh, having like NASDAQ crashing down, it's, you know, like the market. So um, it goes back to like, who are we? And then where we put uh, um, our heart and security, right? Um if it's all, you know, like um, in the right place for God, I think we can face anything. So, um, yeah, it's good uh, to get a clue from that message. And once you have a clue, do not refuse, you know, not to know any better. Right. Um, so, 
be faithful with what you've been trusted with, um, if um, you've been given to actually, you know, um, know the truth, know God, then be faithful with that. Because towards the end of the message, uh, Trent also mentioned that in the end, you know, it has to be you, right? Like God revealing it to you doesn't have anything to do with, you know, what people do, extra things, you know, like people do. So it's cool. The perspective of how will we react when something tragic happens or something that we would perceive as bad, how we react really matters. Like, for instance, um, I know he doesn't go into it in depth, but I actually um, searched our old emails to see terrorism solution. How many times was it mentioned? What conversations did we have about it? And Trent mentioned it at least uh, since 2007, all the way through 2014 or 13, mentioned it at least like 14 times. <laughs> and the reason he was mentioning is because there was, hap- you know, each ministry disciple was having issues. You know, they were having uh, situations that were like, you know, in their in their world were as, you know, I'm not comparing 9-11 to, you know, having financial problems, but in your world, you know, it could be that impactful. You're, you're, you're facing foreclosure. You're facing a possible divorce. You know, your marriage is completely in shambles. Your wife is screaming that she's going to, you know, kill herself. You know, there was a lot of stuff that was going on in other people's lives. Cops, you know, stopping somebody just because they were black. And, you know, they're brandishing a weapon. And that individual is then being stopped. And, you know, they were innocent. And it was a rookie cop. And so these are things that were happening to our, to our crew, you know. Uh, over the decade, and the message actually wasn't all about 9-11. He made sure to to mention that. It's not about 9-11. It is to understand that when how we react to trouble is a huge, um, it's a huge opportunity for us to either be humble and need of God to make things that are impossible like peace in the middle of a war happen. However, sometimes human effort gets in the way of that ahead of God and ends up creating a bigger problem. Enter Bush Sr. (laughs) You know, the guy wanted to stamp a name out for himself. Goes to war with every other, you know, person without proof, right? Then we get into this decades-long war that there wasn't a clear winner on that. If anything, we were the losers because all these expenditures caused our economy to still be defunct. And so you see how the, and whether, you know, anybody has a political side and it doesn't matter, it's more of the overreaction because we are not humble to the fact that we go to war using worldly weapons, but we didn't go to God as a nation. And much less as individuals, you know, you know, racism shot up, prejudice shot up, you know, um, hatred shot up, right? You know, you're different than us. You resemble those people. You must be all alike, you know, and the going towards hatred, wickedness, justifying, you know, if the world is that messed up, I'm going to be messed up too. At least I'm not as bad as Osama. <laughs> I'm sure somebody probably said that when they committed some sort of crime, you know, at least I'm not doing that. You know, at least I didn't kill, you know, poor little two-year-old that was heading to Disney, right? But the truth is you try to justify 
those um, those wicked intentions with comparing yourself to these evil people who decided to do something that was horrific. But at the end, um, that was one thing he kept mentioning. Um, you know, how people are impressed by something like this, but they don't get impressed by God and what God can do through these horrific situations because that trouble really can shape you the way that you handle it. Or are you going to be like Jonah? That was another thing. Did you guys catch that when you talked about Jonah? Which one is that? So towards the middle of it, he was saying um, that people, are you going to bury your head like Jonah did when he was facing the possibility of having to go to Nineveh? Yeah. And preach to those people. And he's like, why me? If they don't even want to listen to you, why right. me? And right. then he only opens his mouth and everybody's praying. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, you could have saved yourself some trouble. <laughs> Just be humble. Go. <laughs> and then yeah. he's whining at the end like, come on. You know? And, yeah. I, I, I also, there was another part in there that I was curious to ask you guys about. Um. When trouble does happen to us, and and, and, it, and in our world it could be to the magnitude, or we, we feel it to the magnitude of like 9-11, that it's, you know, divorce feels like that, uh, death feels like that, right? Heartbreak, heartache. Um, what ends up happening is we uh, divert detour, we take a detour instead of actually going to humil- humility to see, what are you trying to show me here, God? that's where he started mentioning ping pong. The ping pong conversations. Has that ever happened to you guys? Or you guys are facing something and the ping pong starts? Yeah, that's me, right? (laughs) That's always like the um, root cause of my heart issues just uh, because of insecurity and just being paranoid, even though it doesn't always have, you know, like... For big things, even for small things, and daily lives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, what so and so thinks about you, whether so and so is mad at you, like who cares, right? Yeah, yeah. I've had those. Um, it's more of a man. Can I like? Can I do it differently in my head? Like you know, like maybe I had a conversation, and it's like. Uh, and like I, I wish that if I could do it over in my head, then it, it, it kind of replaces what happened, right? Like yeah, it works yeah. that way, doesn't it? No, it doesn't work that way. And so I just keep playing it over and over and in my head. Yeah, and then the the trouble becomes bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think in my marriage I have been like that. You know, some you know maybe one off colored comment you know is said to me, and I'm like this is it, this is the end, how is this happening again? Oh my gosh, I drew the line, you crossed it. And then I'm like, but what did I do? What did he do? What can I do? I will retaliate this way. I will, you know, and you start just having this whole entire thing. And the off-color comment could have just been addressed with, hey, not nice. You know, right. like, what are you doing? And hey, that hurt my feelings. Humbly, let me come to you and tell you, that hurt my feelings. No, in my head, I am... This is what divorce papers look like. You know? <laughs> That's it. I built a case. Irreconcilable differences. <laughs> you know? 
So I used to do things like that. I, now Jamie and I talk it out. But so when the my older two, and I just had two, and they were younger, um, <laughs> there was a couple times where he would go out, like he, maybe he'd go to watch a movie, but like by himself. And I was like, he's not spending time with us. Well, I'm going to do something spectacular with the kids where he's going to feel missed, like he missed out. And I would do something like that. And like he never... <laughs> worked but now he would feel it but just like yeah that was my thing i think i'm just gonna do something spectacular so grand that he's he's gonna be like i missed out it's like all right yeah really silly stuff (laughs) and then one of the things it did prompt was like you know i i always do deep dives in my past because i don't think um i have completely let go of things you know i'm still working through resentfulness and records are wrong and so I I do think that in my world the thing that shook me the most probably was my father's suicide and still does impact me because it just it was just so drastic you know in our whole world he was it he was the it guy and I know I'm 42 and it's been you know two decades but um I still remember um you know two years later meeting Jonelle coming to this ministry, you know, and I just remember how when he died, um, you know, the people that knew he was evil and wicked uh, in the way he treated us um, were like, oh, you should feel, you guys feel relieved? You know, but that was our father, you know, and it wasn't like this guy was the devil incarnate and was, you know, constantly mistreating us. It was a crazy guy that was depraved and was in sin himself. And so, you know, looking back, I I just remember like all of us reacted like possums. We, we, you know uh, how possums are, they get scared. They actually defecate them themselves because then they play dead so that, you know, other animals don't eat them. I think Mila has. I did not. I did not. I did not know that. Yes. So they will screech like bloody murder, and then vomit, defecate, and stay there for a bit. (laughs) And so that way, animals won't. Predators won't eat them because they're nasty. And then they will wake up, clean themselves, walk off, leave their mess, and and so that's exactly how we behaved. in in light of those drastic situations where we were just uh, paralyzed. And when you're in that state, the problem isn't only the the way you react, but it's what you allow to influence you. Then, you know, because you're so weak and you don't go to God, you're not humble and say, man, this is an impossible situation that only God can lift me up from. What ends up happening is, you allow whoever else has a stronger belief in something of like else. And most likely, because most people aren't on this narrow path, they'll have a stronger belief in something wayward that can potentially draw you somewhere else. And we did. Unfortunately, my mom had a friend that came into our world and um, basically ended up um, trying to, you know, be, do like voodoo in order to free us from what they said was the, you know, the demonic stuff that happened with my father. And it's like, come on, open the Bible, pray to God. Don't come over here with oils and rituals and that are even more dangerous because it is witchcraft and sorcery. 
and uh but we were led kind of into that like astray for for a minute there and it it became a little um dark you know it didn't give hope it wasn't a wellspring of hope it, it wasn't uh, an avenue out and that's where i think the terrorism solution like says you know you you start having these ping pong conversations to 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 basically convince yourself of this lower quality way of living to, to be able to subsist, not even exist, subsist under this trouble. And unfortunately, I think America did do that. And that's why I think two, three decades later, well, what is it? One decade later, we're still 2020 something. Oh no, two, we're still struggling as yeah. a country. Like our identity is completely not on the radar yeah 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 as a nation we are not really like a superpower we're like the possum because we react it like that you know and we keep reacting like that you know um but yeah that's those are my those were the things that came up um any ending thoughts with regards to um, what we would, you know, someone that's going through a tough time, because obviously 9-11 was an impactful thing to many people because so many people were impacted by it, 9,000 in total, right? But um, if we were to talk to somebody that's going through a divorce, going through a death in the family, something that is monumental in their lives, you know, going through poverty, you know, bankruptcy or foreclosure, you know, um, what would we provide them as far as like a way out? What is like a closing thought that we can give them? Well, at, towards the end, um, he talks about uh, you have to seek God out with all your heart. And he says it'll be revealed to you. But um, that's kind of the answer is if you seek God out with all your heart um, you know, he will reveal himself to you. You then you have to be drawn to it. You will be drawn to the kingdom and then you can start having God on your side and God coming in to kind of, uh, give you that light and easy, um, life that he promises. Uh, and so it's like, I, to me, that's the answer. You seek God, you get drawn, you get a real relationship with God, and then things aren't hard. And when things are hard, and I tell this to my husband all the time, when things do get hard, when things do get tough, you know, financially or physically or whatever, like whatever the circumstance is, you see it for what it is. Maybe God is changing the business in a different direction. Maybe um, he wants you to mature in some kind of way. Maybe like there's always something, there's a reason for it. Though we may not see it or understand at the time, there is always a reason for it. So <clears throat> to me, there's no bad times. There's just trials and tribulations and um, that God just gives us for us. Um, so, but that's uh that's what i have to say that's good and Mila, do you have any uh closing remarks with regards to 
Um, I think uh, our our hearts won't lie when we have the real thing, even at the edge of our lives. I don't know, like we're still alive, but uh, I can't think of my dad. At some point, um, he, he was not a disciple. My mom is not a disciple. Uh, I lost my dad five years ago. At some point, he was restless. Uh, he knew his life was dissipating, coming to an end. Um, he was not easy. He was not easy. Plus, uh, the pain of cancer to top it all off. And my mom just told him, "You need to have faith on something, so that there is something to help you there." Because I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was away from God at that time. Um, but you know, I had shared um, about God like years, years ago. Um, so that's all, you know, like, um, my hope is, um, for me, for everyone, just to be ready when the time comes, whether our <laughs> death is like gonna be a peaceful one on our bed or, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, like, you know, like a horrific death, like, you know, I don't know, a terrible car accident or, you know, like some type of explosion. You never know. Um, so whatever that is, we just hope that we'll be ready anytime, right? So, um, this is it. Um, yeah, take, take hold of it. And it reminds me both of you, um, actually, um, segued into this real nice with both of what you guys are saying. Um, Shal also would share this whenever she would go through tribulations because she, um, would share often the different passings of relatives, legendary family relatives that impacted uh, um, you all. And um, and she said, even while she was going through the issues and as newlyweds in her marriage and, you know, the different ups and downs of life, right? And Shao being much older than us, experiencing it, she wisely said, First Peter 4.19 always, so then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. So it is good to go to God, pray, be humble, get open, you know, uh, uh, reach out, you know, say what you have to say, you know, see, say what you have to see, uh, call it out if it's wrong. And, um, you know, check out more of the messages on the website and reach out to disciples that could potentially give you some life-saving guidance that they were themselves given. Just like First Peter 4.19, committing ourselves to doing that good, even in the middle of a tragic um, situation. Trouble is a good thing for us. Trouble is really good for us. And the development of who we um, are and whether or not we're going to be able to do good even during that trouble. Uh, and when we can't, being humble about it, you know. So um, I love that we were able to talk about that, hoping that one or many of our hearers <laughs> could potentially benefit from uh, today's conversation. And with that, we close. We should it with something. Hopefully you guys receive us as good news. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, okay, I'm gonna end it now. Sounds good. Thanks, girls.